Today's episode is brought to you by Global Specialized Safety Incorporated. You can find them at globalssinc.com. That's globalssinc.com for all of your safety needs. Safe by choice, not by chance. Global Specialized Safety is veteran-owned and operated. Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Hello and good afternoon, everybody. It's great to tune in. Thank you for uh, watching yet another edition of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. I wanted to talk to you today about cognitive dissonance. First of all, (laughs) it's not an insult. If somebody says, you're experiencing cognitive dissonance, that's not an insult. they're, They're not calling you down. Well, Maybe they are, but they they shouldn't be. It doesn't need to be taken that way. Cognitive dissonance is something that I experience, you experience, everybody experiences. It's just a matter of degree. So I want to talk a little bit about that, what it is, how it affects you, and how to counteract it. And also, what fuels cognitive dissonance? Because cognitive dissonance is a barrier between you and reality. Um. There are many barriers between yourself and the truth, and most of them are in between your ears. So let's let's get into it here. Cognitive dissonance. So the basic definition of it is cognitive dissonance is the resistance between yourself and contrary information or new information that contradicts your existing belief system. Um, there, a good example of that is... When we were kids and we believed in Santa Claus, when we first were told by our older brother or our older sister or cousin, you know, there is no Santa Claus. Yes, there is. You push back because this is a deeply held belief and you don't want to believe um, that this thing that you believe in isn't real, isn't true. So we will push back against it. One of the stories it's, um, that I wanted to share with you about how powerful cognitive dissonance can be. Now, I'm 51 years old, so uh, when I was a kid, I used to watch MASH. It was a great series. Um, and I'd, if you've never watched MASH, it is a group of uh, American surgeons and doctors and whatnot uh, that uh, in a field hospital in Korea during the Korean War. And one of the episodes has always stuck with me. This is the one where, and I think it was Hawkeye, I'm, I, I'm not sure, it doesn't matter which character it was, but um, the character kept having these disturbing dreams and, and flashbacks about something that he didn't understand why he'd be having dreams and flashbacks about it. Um, and what it was, was on this bus ride, uh, the the bus was broken down. They couldn't move, and everybody's been really, really quiet. It was a dark. It was dark. It was foggy, and um, uh, the uh, the North Koreans or the Chinese were close by, and it was super dangerous. So all they had to do is be really, really quiet. If they weren't quiet, 
uh, they were all in danger and would probably be killed. So there was a lady holding a chicken, and this chicken was clucking away, and everybody knows that this goddamn chicken is going to get us killed. If this chicken doesn't show up, shut up, we're all dead. So the so this lady holding this chicken smothered the chicken until it didn't cluck anymore. And this really, really bothered this guy. So he's seeing his psychiatrist, um, who's part of the MASH hospital, and he goes, I, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, a little unfortunate. Uh, this lady smothered the chicken, but man, oh man, um, why am I so bothered about her killing a chicken? You know, it saved all of our lives. It was the right thing to do. Anybody would have done it. And through discovery, what they found out, and I think it was a bit of hypnosis, it wasn't a chicken. It was a baby. This is how powerful cognitive dissonance can be. When you just don't want to, uh, or a better way of saying it perhaps is when you're just overloaded by the data coming in, when that data is just untenable, <laughs> it's too much. Um, our brain has the capacity of turning a baby into a chicken so that you can deal with it. Now, a very similar thing happened to me in a war zone. Uh, we were in a uh, landfill site, and uh, time, time out here, uh, warning, red alert. Uh, this is a little bit of war porn, so this is a big trigger alert right now, uh, what I'm about to share, but it's true. So that same story of what happened in MASH, happened to me where I was at a landfill site. Um, I was in Croatia during um, the Croatian Civil War. I was there in 1994. So we're at a landfill site, and there's body parts all over the place. There's feet and hands, and um, this one spot, there was a pig, charred, smoking still, and... um, Walking past this pig was a father and the son looking at it because they were, they were in the dump looking for food because they were starving. And so they're a hell of a place to be looking for food, but that's what they were doing. They were looking for food or salvage at the landfill site. So they, they looked at this pig and they kept walking. And I thought, well, why would you keep walking? I mean, it's it's smoldering. It's uh, It's already partially cooked. Like, you could probably eat it. Well, whatever. I'm not going to eat it. It's a, but it wasn't a pig. Just like in Mash, that chicken was actually a baby. This was actually a torso of a human being, a young human being, uh, probably about twelve years old. And that's what I saw. But my brain couldn't handle it. It was too much. So in real time, my brain flipped it and said, "Nope, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, that is not a torso." That is a pig. Well, I had a friend with me there, and his brain didn't do that, so he saw it for what it was. And But for me to deal with it, that's what my brain did. That's cognitive dissonance in the extreme. This is how powerful cognitive dissonance is. If the information coming in is just too offensive, just too ugly, or too contrary to my existing belief system, your brain will dismiss it or flip it 
or twist it. Your brain will manipulate that information in such a way that you can digest it. It just will. And the more powerful or the more contrary this information, the more your brain will do it. It happened to me. And this is true on a much lesser scale with lesser things. If you learn something in university, this is <laughs> there's a psychological principle, and I don't know the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. But the um, how it works is whoever gets there first wins when information is coming in. So this is why when new science comes in, this is why the, the world stayed flat for so damn long. That was cognitive dissonance. Uh, and we see it again and again and again and again and again. So if you go to university, you learn something from your professor, you're receiving it from an authority figure, that becomes law. It becomes chiseled in the stone in your brain whether you, you are aware of that or not. So 10 years later, new information comes in that counteracts what that professor said. You, the natural response is to reject it. Just reject it out of hand. Nope. My professor was smart. This contradicts the professor, therefore this information is wrong, without even looking at it. Now, the um, very definition of ignorance is refuting information without investigation. The definition of ignorance, it doesn't mean you're stupid. You can, be, you can have two PhDs and be completely ignorant. The definition of ignorance is refusing refuting information without investigation. Well, doesn't that sound a whole lot like cognitive dissonance? It's wired in us. We are wired to be ignorant. We are wired to be ignorant. It is a survival mechanism. Being ignorant is a survival mechanism. And it is something that we don't, nobody, who wants to put up their hand and go, I'm ignorant, <laughs> or I have a propensity to be ignorant. Who? Nobody does that right? Um, and that's why the old uh, uh, saying from Mark Twain that it's much easier to fool someone than to uh, prove to them that they've been fooled. It's cognitive dissonance. That is what is happening there. Because, And on certain topics, there's a big responsibility that comes along with it. Because if you're on the wrong side, if you are... Um, falling victim to cognitive dissonance, which again is totally normal and everybody suffers from it, or not suffers, but everybody experiences cognitive dissonance. It's just a matter of degree. Everybody, okay? Nobody's immune from it. Um, but if you are experiencing cognitive dissonance and the net result of this experience that you're having means that you're on the wrong side of an argument. And people are actually getting hurt because of the cognitive dissonance that you are supporting. Then you end up being a cheerleader for the bad guys. This makes the cognitive dissonance even more powerful because any information that comes in, think about the implications of this information that's contradicting your beliefs if you've been cheering on the bad guys. That is massive. So this new information is coming in saying, you've been on the wrong side of an argument that's been hurting people. How difficult will that be to accept? 
Holy smokes. I mean, that is the toughest information you could possibly, because there's responsibility that comes in with that information. You can't escape that. That responsibility of, oh my God, I've done harm. Cognitive dissonance kicks in and says, no, I didn't. Not me. Nope, nope, nope. I'm a good person. There's no way I'd be cheering on the bad guys. And that is the danger of cognitive dissonance. And this is how once, if you tell a big enough lie, the cognitive dissonance kicks in and all those people that have gone so far down that road of supporting that lie, all well-intentioned. These are good people that just believe something because it came from an authority figure. It doesn't make you a bad person. But what does make you a bad person is when you realize and then you do nothing to, to correct it. So if you realize that you've been fooled, if you get to that point, which takes cur- tremendous courage, by the way, tremendous courage, if you get to that point, it takes even more courage to admit it and to admit it and to vocalize it. Very, very few people could do a public 180. Very, very few. Although politicians do it every day. <laughs> but they do it in such a way that they don't admit that they were wrong. But that is what it is. That is how it impacts us. Now, some of the things that are gas on the fire that support cognitive dissonance, it's like Einstein used to say, a mind is like a parachute. It works better when it's open. He's talking about cognitive dissonance. That is a closed mind. Rejection of information is a closed mind. Rejection of information without information is a closed mind. A closed mind is ignorance. Ignorance is cognitive dissonance. So it's just a matter of how you view it and what label you choose to put on it. The more insecure somebody is in their beliefs, the harder they will fight to defend those beliefs. So if you have a castle and there are no bad guys around, you don't need a castle wall. You don't need a moat. But if you have bad guys around, the moat or the castle wall will be directly proportionate to the size of the threat. So, if you have a fence in your backyard, I have a fence. It's four feet high. It uh, doesn't keep out the deer, but it keeps my dog in. I'm not worried about uh, bears coming in. I'm not worried about bad guys coming in my backyard. So I just have a four-foot chain link fence. It's good. But you go to places that are high crime, like spots in the Philippines, they have 12-foot concrete fences with barbed wire and broken glass at the top. Because the size of the fence or wall is directly proportionate to the size of the threat. We do the same thing with our mind. The same thing is true with cognitive dissonance. The more insecure we feel about our position or about being wrong, people, some people just are terrified of being wrong. The more, the more scared they are of being wrong, the bigger their fence, the stronger they will defend their position, and it will be directly proportionate. So when somebody is presented with new information and they are screaming and calling you names and pointing fingers and, and saying that you're an idiot and rolling their eyes, that is somebody 
well, who's being a little bit immature, but that is somebody who does not feel secure in their position. Therefore, they are defending it wildly. So how do we deal with that? We deal with it by being adults. <laughs> That's it. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. Anybody can have a childish reaction. Anybody can. And reacting with name-calling, with finger-pointing, that's a childish reaction. You're in your child ego state. I encourage everybody to um, look at the different ego states, uh, child, adult. Um, what are they now? <laughs> child and adult and adapted child. and um, to, to, to look into those and to understand that sometimes you're being a child doesn't matter how much education you are that does not mean that you are acting in your adult ego state your adult ego state is not threatened by new information coming in think of it like the dalai lama you know being enlightened being enlightened means that you're in your adult ego state and any information coming in you simply look at that information from an observer pers- perspective like you're watching a show on tv You can watch a gunfight on TV and not get scared. Gunfight happens in your house, you're going to have adrenaline through the roof because you're in it as opposed to being detached from it. When you are closer to enlightenment, you can observe information coming in and that information is not threatening to you because it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's completely contrary to your beliefs. You can accept it. That's being an adult. That's having an adult ego state. And what this does for you, the more you are able to put yourself in this ego state, the more you are able to see reality untainted. Because we all have different glasses on with different shades that creates cognitive dissonance, normalcy bias, um, all the different types of biases. This happens to all of us. But the more self-aware you are and the more mindful you are to keep yourself in that adult ego state, the less that it can have power over, over you, the less tainted your view of the world is. To have a clear view, you have to have a grip on your ego. You have to have it in your back pocket. You cannot feel threatened or upset by new information. If new information offends you or makes your eyes roll or makes you angry, you're not thinking, you're reacting. You're not using your mind. You're not using critical thinking. You are having an emotional reaction. If that's the truth, you're not thinking because you can't. Nobody can. You're using your amygdala, not your frontal cortex. That's how it works. And that's used against you all the time. The whole point of army training is for you to use your amygdala. Because it, when you're in that fear state, it's fight, flight, or freeze. Well, two of those three don't work for combat. So I am... Con- Conditioned. It's not training, it's conditioning. It's mental conditioning. There's new neural pathways. I can't back off. I can't run away, and I can't freeze. 
because it's been beaten out of me. When there is a fight, I am in it. I will confront. So fight, flight, freeze, I only fight. I don't freeze, I don't run away. I can't. My, I am conditioned to fight when there's a fight, to participate in that fight. But that's not most people. Most people don't make it through army training, infantry training, so that, that conditioning happens. Most people, when there is a big threat, they run or they freeze. And that's okay. That's not an insult. There's nothing wrong with that. That is a normal reaction. It's not my reaction. It's not how I'm wired. My reaction is when there's a threat, to fight it. So by being mindful of that, if there's new information coming in that's disturbing that I don't like, I have to be aware of what's, how that's affecting me and then don't let it turn me into a child. To not, I want to slash back too. If somebody calls me names, I want to fight back with names. But I don't. I want to, but I don't. Because that's the mindfulness. Because I can see in my body that I want to fight back. If you call me names, I want to call you names. But I take a breath, I wait until I'm not elevated anymore, when I come from a nine down to a three, because that's when I can think. If I respond when I'm still at a nine, when I'm upset, that's not a response, that's a reaction. And I'm being a child. Do I do it? I have, many times, but I am at the point now where it's really, really rare where I will slap back at somebody. Really rare, because that's mindfulness. It takes practice. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work, work that most people aren't prepared to do. But if you don't do that work, if you don't work on yourself to be mindful of what's going on with you, then you will be a victim to other people's um, opinions. So if you are offended by the opinions of others, by the perspective of others, even if by people calling you names, if that is bothering you, you are giving them your power. You're giving your power away to people by being offended with those people. To keep your power, to stand in your strength, it takes the mindfulness and the skill to stay in the adult ego state, to bring your emotions from a nine down to a three, to step back and look at the situation from the observer perspective. The more scared you are, the less able you are to be in that observer perspective, the less able you are to think. Anybody, not just you, me, everybody, that's how the world works. You can only think, truly think, if you're not engaged. If you're not engaged in defending yourself, if you're not engaged in defending your position, if you're not engaged, if you're not upset. If you're upset, you're not thinking. You can't. Nobody can. That's just basic, basic neural science. Anyway, that's cognitive dissonance. That's what puts gas in the fire, and this is how it affects your life. By being aware of it, by studying it, uh, go to YouTube and, and, and watch other people's presentations on it, then you are able to counteract it. I hope this is helpful. I hope it's interesting. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Operation Tangle Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families.
everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Now, I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring. Today's episode is brought to you by Global Specialized Safety Incorporated. You can find them at globalssinc.com. That's globalssinc.com for all of your safety needs. Safe by choice, not by chance. Global Specialized Safety is veteran-owned and operated.